Welcome to the Red Pill Podcast. I am Van Lathan. Today, we are sponsored by Talkspace. Talkspace is an online therapy company that lets you message a licensed therapist from anywhere at any time. I struggle with issues of anxiety. I'm actually off my Lexapro right now, so I don't know how this whole podcast today is going to go. But Talkspace will match you with a with your perfect therapist for a fraction of the price of traditional therapy. Just go to Talkspace backslash pill. That's Talkspace backslash P-I-L-L. And use the code PILL to get $45 off your first month and show your support for this show. Talkspace, therapy for how we live today. Amanda Seals, our guest on the Red Pill Podcast today, it literally took her... <laughs> Five minutes to check me. Not even five minutes. What's popping? Look, we're doing the whole selfie thing. What's up? Yeah, what's popping? I'm here with Van. What up? What up? She already checked me. Where can they listen? Where can they listen? It's on SoundCloud, Apple, iTunes, everywhere podcast, man. Loudspeaker Network, Red Pill Podcast. What's popping? So, listen. Amanda checked me because I asked her, I don't know if you guys heard, if her hair was naturally curly or if... She had done something to get the curls to pop, like they're pop, like they're popping. The curls look great. It's like a a golden sea of curls. And and she said, "What was your response? You tell them. I'll never. I would never dare to speak for. Her. First of all, Jason, you're the only one in the room right now. Clap for Amanda Seals, white man. Clap for." Her. So listen, uh, before everyone knows you, and this you've been one of the most. First of all, thank you for joining us. Um, Thanks for having me. Uh, of course. Uh, I checked. We know. When did I check you? I checked you just now because you asked. Yeah. If my hair was like this. If it was naturally. If it was naturally like you, this, or did I do did anything? Did you do something to bring the curls out? And I said, Yeah, I, I'm just a black girl. A black girl. Yeah. So yeah. But all lot, I did was. It's a lot of black girls though that. No, like we may put a product in to just tighten the curl, just to enhance it so it's not frizzy. But I'm in Afro mode, so frizzy is. Yeah. Where we're at. That's dope. I mean, it's the it's the whole world has gone curly, man. It's crazy because in the nineties it was such the opposite way. It really was, but you know now we have awakened. Okay. Okay. I feel you. And there and not everybody in the nineties was that way because Freddie Brooks was always this way on a We're different. Talking about Cree Summer. Cree Summer. Ooh, I had a crush. My boo Cree Summer. Oh, you cool with her? Oh yeah, you did small doses together. Yeah, we did small doses. She was in my web series, Get Your Life. Wow. She's you know funny. what? Here's what people forget: like you wear so many hats. It's hard to like, you got a lot of heads, man. You went like, seriously, because I'm going to tell you something about Amanda. We met, uh, we actually vacationed together. Uh, we, in we, Grenada. In, in Grenada. We were in Grenada this past week. Everybody was out in Grenada. Shout out to Charlemagne and the hey, whole hey, family. Hey. Um, but I knew you then as an, I think I did. I knew you as an actress and a stand-up comedian. Okay. And which is accurate, but right. But also, on the plane on the way to Grenada, I was listening to Lupe Fiasco's <laughs> Food and Liquor. Do you remember this? Yeah, I'm listening to Lupe Fiasco's Food and Liquor, and I listened to the whole album, right? Because I'm writing my book proposal or whatever. I'm listening to the whole album, and Amanda's sitting right behind me, literally, like right behind me. And like, we've been talking, and then all of a sudden, he's doing his thank yous, and I hear Amanda Diva, <laughs> and I was like, what? I turned around like, was like I'll, I'll turn around like yo <laughs> Lupe Fiasco just thanked you on this album and I also forget that you are a musician and a all of this stuff like that I've lived a long life you have man so what what where's the passion lie like which one of those hats fits the best 
I think it's more so that the passion lies in like empowering people to change mm-hmm. and not just like empowering them to make change for the world, but also like for themselves, for the better, like right. just empowering people to do better, just do better. Right. And then, and doing that through humor. Right. So, I mean, I can sing and I can rap and I, you know, I've been able, I've been fortunate to have gotten the opportunity to like try different avenues of the arts that have, um, you know, they've worked for all intents and purposes, but yeah. my passion is in humor. And just like, yeah, and comedy. So now it's almost like I got to try all these different things. And now that I've like really like nestled in comedy, they all start coming up like in different ways through my comedy. And you feel like your comedy is the best conduit to actually spark conversation and get people to change? Absolutely. More so than than even music? Because a lot of people would say that music is like a a really powerful for me. For you personally, okay? For me, yeah. Like, I mean, I'm a solid singer. I'm right. not the best singer. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a solid songwriter, right. but I wasn't willing to go through what needs, to, what you got to go through in the music business to get right. those songs out there. Right. You know? And so it's like, you also have to find as an artist, like, what's the commercial medium that's not going to kill your artistic spirit? Right. Right. I feel you. Listen, I wanted to ask you one question because me, we were at this restaurant <laughs> in Grenada and half of the table... <laughs> We were all down there. We at one side of the table. Charlamagne at the other side of the table. And for some reason, this restaurant decided they were going to bring drinks to one side of the table and then not to the other side of the table. And I'm not going to lie. We were willing to deal with it. We were just kind of like, okay, we're in a foreign country, you know, customs. We don't know how people. And, and I look over and people are getting drinks. And all of a sudden, Amanda goes, excuse me, when are you planning to take our drink orders and from then on she was on they fucking asses and i was so delighted on their heads because because y'all weren't in a foreign y'all were in a foreign country right we were in a foreign country i was home right so i take it personal that like my home is not treating you the way here it comes i listen to the it's coming out it's coming out i love it i just i just was like no they're not coming to grenada for this eh? right. so i was like you know ma'ams come mm-hmm. we yeah. had two servers at our table right. there was no excuse but you see they got it together they got though. it together we just had to have a in grenada you have to have an eye to eye right because people don't want to do that so you have to get real like lock in with me mm-hmm. What is the plan? Right. <laughs> when are the drinks coming? When are the out? drinks coming? Get How can punched. we make this easy for you since we are a large party? Because mm-hmm. also, like, there's just not accustomed. Like, right. tourism, I feel like, is more couple based than like large group based. So it's sure. like a whole group comes in, they're like, oh, God. So. Well, my question based off that is Has there ever been a time in your life where you were not confident? Oh. I didn't see that one coming around the band. Because I've everything about you, and we're going to talk about Smart, Funny, and Black later, and how I was just amazed <gasps> at what you're able to do on the stage. Thanks, and man. different mediums of, uh, of entertainment that, you, that you've done, like, and just how you are. Is there ever a time where you didn't have that, this penetrating confidence that it seems that you have? Um, I mean, I think I, yeah, yeah, because... When I went to school, I went to SUNY Purchase for undergrad, and mm-hmm. I originally went there for acting. Right. And then at the end of the senior year, like some BS went down that had them ask me to take a year off. And so then I had to kind of like find my way 
because it was like it was very clear like oh you're going to be an actress you're going to go to school for acting and yeah. then this is going to happen and then after that happened it kind of derailed you know my sense of self of like what my real artistic you know creative purpose was and I've always been like a very artistic creative person so I would say that that was a little sketchy but then I got back on that <laughs> and two years later I was on Deaf Poetry Jam so it was what? like it's what? fine they sent a limo to the dorm it was a very it was a they whole they sent a limo to the dorm to the dorm it was Stunning. a whole it was a whole moment Stunning. Stunning on me like people was just... outside like okay man <laughs> like it was a whole thing and then um, but then I would say Every time I've gone through like the transition of like, oh, like I really like doing this. And then you realize like it's not for you. So like that was my 20s. Like I really was very involved in music. Like I was like, I'm in hip hop. Like I'm, you know, I'm doing this. But before that, I was doing poetry. And there came a point in poetry where it was just like, what is this? Like right. I'm doing poetry in the back of a bar in Miami, Ohio. <laughs> 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 nothing about this adds up to right. success like yeah, yeah, this yeah. is not you know so then i had to like kind of figure out and like when i first started doing music i would say that's like the when i first started doing music it was just like are you black because mm. you have no rhythm i could wow. not rap on beat when i first started rhyming like to save my life though mm. it was like i said a hippie hippity <laughs> Hop, hip, hippity hop, hop, hop. Like it was. I remember like crying in the booth. Right. Like, hey, Massa, get out of me. You know. And then I went through this like whole depression, 2005, where I really was just like, I don't have a purpose. Like I graduated from graduate school, so I got my master's at Columbia in African American Studies. There you go. And I had been a VJ on MTV, and they had. That's why I first. You know who Dope. you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then they had dissolved MTV2's like whole staff at that point. So it was kind of like I had lived two dreams. Like right. I had already gotten my master's. I had dreamed about being a VJ. I did that. And then it was like, well, what now? now what? And yeah. so I went into this whole depression for like a whole year. And then like New Year's 2006, I was like, all right, we're done. Let's get back at it. And I, I was like, let me just go back to the beginning and see if I can just take a different route to get out this maze. And so I went back to the same poetry club I started at, uh, New York Poets Cafe. And... There was a band there mm. that night, and I started doing the same poem, like a poem that I always do, and I was like vibing. Oh, and I was like, uh, "Am I on right. beat?" Yeah. yeah. So it was kind of like the depression was like a cocoon. Uh, I don't know if you ever saw Kung Fu Hustle. Of course. But it was like at the end uh -huh. when Homeboy like goes in the cocoon <laughs> and then he like emerges and his Kung Fu is right. like Ooh. Right. Like it's just real mm -hmm. solid. Right. My Kung Fu came out solid. So then I was doing music for a long time for like seven years and I was like in poetry for a summer. I put out my own Lord independent you. albums. Like right. I have like a bunch of music. Like if anyone decided to look for it, like there's hella music uh, that I've done. Right. But, but I knew at a certain point that it wasn't, um, there was no long term for me mm -hmm. in music. And so that was like the last phase of awkward, but it was just like, I couldn't get work mm -hmm. because it was like the reality show phase had like really blown up. And it was like, if you weren't willing to, like be crazy or hypersexual was kind of like what are you gonna do they yeah. weren't hiring hosts i literally like had a, a person say like a, a booking agent was like no one wants what you do anymore so wow yeah and i was like oh cool 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 yeah cool, yeah appreciate cool. that yeah. <laughs> that's a good note yeah that's a whole hollywood thing that you gotta say like in hollywood when you when you give somebody something they fucking destroy it you go oh thanks <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's good a good note, note. That's, that's a good note, note. thank you 
but it forced me to um to really take a look at like well what do you have to offer like what do you bring to the marketplace and to the world etc and that can be like a real thing to face because you might really look at yourself and realize uh, i don't bring shit. shit right and i was like well i'm i'm really i really love making people laugh and i love singing and i love dancing so i wrote a one-woman show mm. and i decided like everyone only knew me as a host and it was like they only knew that i could you know read prompter and so i started creating my own work and i guess my point is that the confidence comes from always having to create my own path right and so I, at a certain point you know it's right for you yeah but i'm at a point in my life where like i've just proven to myself so many times like, that that i know Man, come on. that i know that I, like i know it's all within me yeah. like you know you have frustrations and you you know but i i'm at a point now where i it doesn't really extend for too long where i'm like Bitch, if you don't <laughs> meditate, knuckle down, and like make this work, so in those, so you know that extends to other parts of your life, to where you're just like, I'm, I'm a sturdy character, I'm a sturdy person, and so that extends to restaurants where I'm like, okay, give me my goddamn rum punch, take care of my people, which really is about take care of my people, right? That's really what that's about. Yeah. I'm usually the strongest person in the group, right? So I'll step up. Yeah, yeah, you led the tour of Grenada, right? <laughs> Literally, like, I she, had like, my she uncle. She led the tour. And she had a, like, <laughs> no, you guys think it's bullshit. Amanda was on the microphone. <laughs> like, to your left is the waterfalls. Which took us to an old fort. We went to like, yeah, we went to a fort. People we had, but we, we was we was just sitting around. It was raining, and then we then we get in the van, and then the next thing you know, niggas got monkeys on their shoulders. Like we we she led us through the city. It was More amazing. Monkeys and granny time. It's got granny. It was beautiful. Um, so shout out to my uncle Cosmos who took us. Oh on. yeah, because it was his. It yeah, was his he vehicle. He took us in the whole van and everything. Yeah, it was great. Um, so being that you seem to have a message with your comedy and with your art um when you look out and you're delivering this message like what frustrates you the most uh about what you see going on period like what what, what are you most most frustrated with about how uh, racism or like what's your specific ministry that you if you could obliterate something with your art you would obliterate it i would obliterate the feeling that we need the approval of whiteness to mm, overcome. Yeah. I think that's what Kanye was trying to say, but he is so lacking in clarity that... You think that's what he was trying to say when he was I here? I really, really, really think that at the core of really? the core of the core of the core of uh -huh. the core... Right. Notice how many layers that is. You went down to the fucking Well, because he's in a sunken lava. place. Right, so right, right. So he's like, mm -hmm. you know, um, it's like, I think that what he is trying to say is like, we don't need to be like we we don't need to be oppressed if we don't want to be. I think right. that's what he's trying to say. Right. Now, there are systems in place that are very real. Sure. So we have to acknowledge that that is an actual thing. Because you have to acknowledge something exists before you plan to destroy it. And that's my point. I feel like we have to plan to destroy it. Right. And I feel like a lot of a lot more folks than I than I would like to admit either don't want to acknowledge it exists uh -huh. or acknowledge it exists and are like right well there there was a there was a i personally believe that there was a a very long period in african american history i'm talking um, about now i know i get it but but i'm i'm coming to that okay. where pointing out the problem was incredibly important right Hell where yeah. you had to sort of deconstruct exactly in the ways that this is happening mm -hmm. i actually think that's less important now i think what's more important now 
uh, are developing and evolving solutions because I think that there are a lot of people. The two attached. You really? I think the two are integral because I say this only because like I be online. Right. And like there's a lot of folks who like legit are kind of like, I mean, what's the big deal? You know, or that are just like. Who, who are those people, though? I don't know. I mean, they're people in the world, though. They're black folks. I'm talking about black folks. Okay. All right. Okay. They're either like, what's the big deal? Uh-huh. Or they are so conditioned to thinking that something has to be a certain way mm-hmm. that they're just like, they've accepted it. It's like when I did the tweet about like, if you don't have a passport, if you're spending your money on Jordans. I remember this. If you're spending your money on Jordans and Nike suits and you don't have a passport, you're losing. Uh-huh. It was incredible to me how many people were arguing with me about quote unquote passport shaming. Right. And I'm just like, that's not a thing right. like we like the fact that there are literally folks who are like you know it is terrible to 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 diss black people in america for not having a passport and it's like you know we have full access to getting it and the whole point right. that i was making was if you have the money for these material goods and you're not spending it on something that can actually enrich your life yeah. then you're losing yeah and that's not there's nothing to argue right there's well nothing. also though i, I think it's something not everybody gonna get on the art. I know, but that's and, the part. And, 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 to, like, but that's my point. Like when you say what upsets me, I'm just like I want us all on the art. I want to listen. I want, I want us all us on the art, and it's like some arc. folks are like, I don't believe the art floats. Some people are like, that ain't no art. Even in and the, some people are like, I can only be on an art with spinners. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Right. Right. But but uh, even in the Bible, when Noah is building the art, God told him, Yo, be strong. You're gonna tell everybody a flood coming, and not everybody getting on it. I know. Not everybody know. gonna. Get on the I know, arc. but you ask me what I feel is you. my thing, and my and I'd be like, yeah. it's a flood, it's a flood. And get as many people like, as possible. It's a drizzle. <laughs> it ain't nothing. Um, what's like? I saw you say something earlier, and I wanted to talk about this because oh God, we'll, he's smirking as he says it. No, because when that. we get into the, it, it, it's it's always interesting when we get into the men versus women. Or there's men. no such thing as men versus women. They're, so they're, so get that out of there. Go on. I think a lot of people would think that there is but i just i'm not i think that there's like uh, the way that i deliver things and there's also like the fact that people don't know me that they think there's like a men versus women but mm-hmm. i mean anyone who knows me i'm allowed to curse on this yeah nigga. anyone who knows me knows i love dick and i also <laughs> but i also love men right like because there's men who love pussy but don't love women you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. i love actual like i love men like i love you like i love dudes that are like about their shit that Mm -hmm. understand that are trying to understand like Mm -hmm. I have a lot of men in my life so it's not a versus thing as much as it's like a please come on the arc right what do you think why do you think there are so many men who love pussy but don't love women well where's that come from Oh, patriarchy. I mean, I think that we have lived in a world for centuries that's really only positioned women as objectified beings. Sure. So you're supposed to have babies, and the way to get them babies is through the pussy. And on the way to the babies, dudes are like, well, what if we just don't have the babies and we just have the pussy? Right. Can we just do that? Because <laughs> that's easy. Right. But I also feel like as we have seen women, you know, come into our own and really, like, take our own um, in terms of independence, in terms of, like, being able to have like platforms and values that we define by ourselves. I think that's really frustrating for a lot of men because it really isn't the world that they were like expected to be in. Mm -hmm. I think younger dudes are a little more open to it just because like they've had more experience of a world that has like women that are like defining themselves. But I think the idea of like men men, like loving pussy and not loving women is because pussy don't talk back. Mm. Well, it depends on who's pussy. 
Uh, and no, pussy snaps back. Oh, it's true. Um, so you think that the first of all, that's interesting. How do you then sort of cultivate in men? How do you love a woman? How do you love like what do you what 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 lessons need to be taught to men so they understand how to better love? Individualism understand? is first. Mm. I think a lot of men really do not approach women in an individual way. I think that there's really like this monolithic idea of like women are like this, you know, women are crazy right? or women are loud or black women are loud, you know, and it's like once you approach that way, you're already losing. Mm -hmm. And when I talk on my Instagram about this type of stuff, like it's under the auspices of if it fits, it fits. Right. If it don't. It, it, don't. Ain't, it don't. It you don't. Know? Apply, let it fly. If you if it don't apply, let it fly. But it's like a lot of times I frame things as like, hey, dudes who do this, da 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 da. You right. know, who w women who are dealing with this, da 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 da. And it's like, I think uh, that's the first way to start. It's like every woman is different and requires different approaches and and different responses and different needs. You know, and I've definitely just. I'm in a new phase of my life where I feel like because of my visibility, like I am meeting men who are clear on like, okay, you're different. Right. So they can acknowledge that. Up front. <laughs> you know, we're not fucking around. They right? acknowledge that. <laughs> right. But then they, but the men I meet are, have yet to understand like the action behind that. Right. What they, it, what, they're what getting it, it. They get it, but they don't understand how they have to actually be in real, in the real life back mm -hmm. and forth relationship with you. How do they have to be? Like, what is it? Well, if you're dealing with an individual, right? Like, I think the reality is like who you, does who seems like she doesn't need anything, right? So, for a man off the bat, you're gonna start th like most guys. Even I check myself because my father is the type of guy who all who his the, his lesson to me was: if you're a man in society, you must always be useful, always. If you are a man in society, you and, and no one relies on you. And you can't be there for anybody. You're not really a man if you're just taking care of yourself. So he's like, always be useful. So when sometimes when confronted with a woman like you, you would think, how would I be useful mm -hmm. to her? And that goes to what we're talking about. So I feel like the men that I'm meeting these days, mm -hmm. like they acknowledge that I'm an independent individual. Right. But they haven't figured out how would they be useful they right. know how i would be useful to them of course but they don't know how they can be useful to me right and they have to figure and so now at this point i'm like don't even like if you and a part of that is they also don't know how they're being useful to themselves so that's the, uh. that is the one thing that i've started to really realize like a lot of brothers are like they're so um to your father's point like they're useful to others right. but they don't they're not in control of like what are you doing for self i had a dude i was talking to he is a genius like he's brilliant mm -hmm. he and i have similar wavelengths etc but when it boiled down to it and i was like well what do you like what do you bring to me and he's like well i can be an armor i can protect you i'm right. like well i don't need yeah i can protect myself <laughs> like yeah. I don't need that you know right. what I'm saying like but I'm very vocal about like what I need I mean I need I need you to be solid in you uh -huh. so like I don't want to have to help you figure out your purpose right you know like I don't want to have to at all at this point I'm 36 so like if, so if you so if a nigga comes if you if you come in the kitchen and he's like he's just sketching around and all the shit the shit looks like the Mona Lisa you don't feel like you could go hey maybe you should be an artist I feel like at this point, I'm meeting people that I would like to have already determined that. Fair enough. 
For real. I mean, and it's not to say that that's not like there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm just at a point in my life where because there's nothing more life affirming than amuse either way. There's a difference than amuse. There's there's something different than amuse and an enabler um, Mm -hmm. and something different than like having to be the Sherpa to someone's journey. Right. I don't want to Sherpa your journey. If you guys didn't bring your vocabulary and your (laughs) cultural knowledge, I'm just going to tell you. You fucking with the wrong one. So get those right now. <laughs> get those materials out because Amanda is going to challenge you today. But this is the reason why. <laughs> because we're going to have to share each other on our own journey. Uh-huh. And like, as you and the boo know, like being in a partnership is its own journey. Right. right? So like that's hard enough to me without like having to like figure your shit out and figure my shit out. And at this point, like, if we had, if I had met somebody at a different point in my path and we were doing that together in a way that made sense, that'd be different. But now what happens is I meet folks who I'm more advanced in terms of my figuring it out and then they feel away. Right. And that's the part like that there's no room for that. Like I can't deal with your resentment or your um, insecurity, you know, based on the fact that like I've, I've, I've kind of arrived in a certain place. Right. And if you, and if your shit is scattered, it's not the end of the world, but it can't, create chaos in my world Mm. i look at it like i meet a lot of guys who have a lot of dope things that are even they may even be framed up but they're still in stacks on the floor and i have a gallery wall Mm. my shit is up it may move around right but it's up you can see it and even if one falls the whole shit don't shatter to the ground right and it's like it's just a matter of like being a grown up versus an adult. And I say like adults are people who are of a certain age and grown ups are people who are a certain age, but are of a certain age, but also are in control of their lives. Today's podcast brought to you by Talkspace, the online therapy company that lets you message a licensed therapist from anywhere at any time. All you need is a computer with an internet connection or the Talkspace mobile app. I myself suffer from anxiety and I know firsthand how important it is to talk to a therapist but let's be honest with you sometimes getting to a therapist uh, is an anxiety filled ordeal of its own talk space allows you to go straight to the source uh, for a fraction of the cost that it would take for you to talk to a therapist you'd have to go to. To match with the perfect therapist for that fraction of the price of traditional therapy, go to Talkspace.com backslash pill and use the code pill to get $45 off your first month and to show your support for this show. That's code P-I-L-L and Talkspace.com backslash P-I-L-L. Once again, you cannot scrimp and ignore your mental health you have got to take care of that make sure you have somebody to talk to talk space therapy for how we live today do you make an effort to find common ground in relationships what do you mean i mean like okay so let's say that you're not exactly on the same wavelength as a guy in certain are there other things that you and him can create together i'm gonna read you an exact text <laughs> I want to hear this, and I want to hear it exactly. What's what's that thing that people put on the back of their phones, by the way? A pop socket. It's just like it doesn't fall on your oh, face. I feel you. Like it's okay. just more stable. I know. Yeah. Um, learning shit. <laughs> learning. Mm-hmm. Okay, I am going to do this for you. 
talk about something while I do Real, it. I'm just going to describe what people do. Uh, Amanda is scrolling through her phone for an actual text, uh, an example of a fuckboy in the wild. It's not. I believe it's. <laughs> he is. He is. <laughs> We're going to come to fuckboys in a second, too, because I want to talk to you but about But you know that. what? Let me say this. It's it's not even that... Um, it's not. I won't even say that he's a fuckboy, because I don't think that's fair. Right. But I think that it's less... It's more about just, like, choices. Right. You know? And it's like, at a, cer- at a certain point, I just... My phone is tripping, of course. Right. At a certain point, it just feels like if you're not making the best choices for yourself, why would I expect you to make, make good choices, choices for, for me? me? Right. Like, it's just, that just it seems impractical. So when somebody is like making below the board money, mm-hmm. like making money illegally yeah. by choice, right? that doesn't have to, I that can't. Does, that doesn't have to. You think they you, could be doing better is what you're saying. They have resources. Mm, I see. They have resources. They have intellect. Mm-hmm. You know, they just simply don't, have to be doing the shit that they're doing they don't yeah so when i see that You're and right. i see you making a choice to do the shit that you don't have to be doing mm-hmm. how am i supposed to rock out with that are you telling me that you 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 fuck you like to fuck with dope boys no i don't like to fuck with dope boys that's my point i know but i'm saying is so if you if you so you're not the type of shit that comes over you think you're dating like like oh power like you think you're dating Jamie, and then you find out he's ghost you out. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's probably smart. Because at this point too, it's like I'm really on like an upward trajectory, not just in terms For of sure. like career, but also like in the mentally mentals. and spiritually. Yeah. Yeah, you can't have anybody. So driving you have to you be down. very, very intentional with the universe about what you'll allow and what you'll manifest. Is there ever a point where those type of guys intrigue you? Of course. <laughs> Tell me why. So tell me why. Listen, I I, think it's less about intrigue and more about just like I'm a nerd. Like I'm an anthropologist. I want to know shit. So like I came from something different. What is it about the hood, dude? I'm not one. People might. I'm like I'm from South. The hood dude just has a certain dominance, and especially if you didn't have a father around, like Uh there's something intriguing about like oh this person is like really like about it. Right. Whatever. It's they're an extreme. Right. Hood dudes is extreme. You know, right. and so you just feel like a certain sense of safety in the extremism of it, mm-hmm. and then you're just like, I don't think we need this. And the thing about hood dudes is they always run out of politeness. Always. I haven't seen one not do it yet. Hand <laughs> <laughs> to God. They, I have never seen a hood dude retain politeness. I feel like you don't when does really. It, when does it go? When they lose dominance. Mm. Yeah. And you never know what's going to be the thing that tips the dominant scale because everybody has insecurities. You know, it's sure. just I feel like hood dudes don't get the opportunity to show that because of the they nature can't, of their because life. They can't show weakness. Yeah. Yeah. But I but you asked about a common ground and, uh, you know, do I find a common ground? And I was like, yeah, like I'm going to tell you, like, this is an actual conversation that I had with somebody. And mm-hmm. I said, OK, so basically upon further review. Uh-huh. We've had the same experiences in relationships, uh-huh. except yours have lasted longer and done more damage while making awesome humans, because the person has had kids, leading us both to desire the same from another person. This is a text that you wrote to someone. 
Yeah, we had like a whole conversation. Yeah, it sounds like the Declaration of Fucking Independence. Like that is high, <laughs> that is highbrow text talk right there. I said, however, uh-huh. I'm filled with youthful optimism. Oh, Amanda, this is not a real text. Yes, it is. This is how he talks too. <laughs> okay. I'm filled with youthful optimism uh-huh. and you with aged cynicism. So in an ideal situation, we'd meet at some point somewhere in the middle. Is this a correct assessment? He said, yes. Uh-huh. And I said, okay, I'll allow it. <laughs> and so we were seeing each other. But then I found out the other shit. And it's like, I can't, I can't, when you are able to like be meet, meet me there, uh-huh. but then you choose to be down here, right? we can't go there. Can't, can't, go, to, can't go to that other spot. <laughs> we, but I, but that but that's the thing. But so that's my point though. In in terms of like meeting in the middle ground, it's like people are going to be in, y'all in different spaces. But there's certain stuff that it's like, well, if we have the same respect for each other and we have the same intentions, mm-hmm. it feels like you can figure it out. Why do you feel like people are failing so so frequently in relationships now? Like why why does it seem so hard for us? I don't to think get people together? know themselves. I th- yeah. I don't think a lot of people know themselves. I don't. I, and I think I think especially like women are getting to know ourselves way more and earlier because like wellness and women's wellness is like become like a real, real thing. Sure. And I don't think that it's permeated for brothers specifically. Like I feel like y'all are still in, there still isn't a movement of enough brothers that says like, no, like for real, like you're more than just a provider. Right. Like you, you have more in you than that, you know, because I think that, for for what it's worth, like a lot of women, like you said, like, oh, Amanda, you look like you don't need nothing. It's like, I don't need you to provide for me, mm-hmm. like monetarily, mm-hmm. you know, but like I, if you're going to be in the mix with me, I, I need you to have emotional equity with me. All right. But you understand, like for it's, it's dudes that I know, especially from back home, right, mm-hmm. that I know are dealing with mental illness. Yes. That I that I know for a fact because of my own experiences with anxiety, like one of my homeboys called me up. Like two months ago, it's like it's like three o'clock in the morning. Um, there, he's in Louisiana. So like, I'm gonna answer the phone because every time somebody calls me at that that time, what do I think? Somebody dead. So I pick up the phone. He's like, "Dog, what 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 was that shit that you, that you was talking about like back in the day?" He was having you, a panic attack. He was having a panic attack. He's like, "Like, what was that shit? Like, my my heart's beating. I'm sweating. I'm like, I was like, my G, just chill, sit up." Uh, if you, there are a couple of different things you can do. Number one, you could take your shoes off and go outside and, and walk in your grass. That's called grounding. That'll get you. That'll take your level down. Or you can reach over, hold your wife's hand. All right, physical contact. All of these things are good things. But I'm telling you right now, my G, you're having a panic attack. He's like, Nah, dude, I'm having a heart attack, man. I'm like, You called me because you know you're having a panic attack. That's why you called me. So I'm like, Listen, as opposed to 911. And so I talk him through it. He, he he calms down. Next day around one o'clock, I hit him back. I'm like, "Yo, man, look, I'm I'm gonna email you over some things, you know." He's so, like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "Nah, dog, I, I I drank too much Dr Pepper. That's what the shit was. Before I went to sleep, I had drank too much Dr Pepper. Like, it probably made me a little jittery and shit like that." I'm like, "Fam, it's gonna happen again." I'm like, "Doesn't mean that you're panicky or that you're." I'm like, "Dog, I'm telling you, they're gonna come and then they're gonna start coming." And you're not going to know why they're coming. I'm like, you can save yourself and your family because I was a single younger man when this was happening. A lot of misery. If you just take the time, say, yo, I'm having issues and deal with it. And he couldn't. And now my homeboy is dealing with intermittent panic attacks that he's having at work. That he's having all over the place because to address his mental health to him is to address some sort of weakness inside of him. Yes. So 
with black men, there is yeah. oftentimes a lot of things that we can't come to terms with. I know. Is there any way that we can help each other, black men and black women? I think black men need to work on helping black men. And that will in, that will in turn help black women. Hmm. Because black women are too often looked to as like the resource for helping black men. So strong though. Like you guys seem like that, that, that you're so strong. And like, I'm seriously, if you really appreciate it, yeah, we're woman. strong because of necessity. We've just simply had to be, right. you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, it's like, we want to be strong for each other. Right. And I really feel like the strength of the black community. And I know this also because like my audience, like, you know, when I look out into my audience at a lot of my comedy shows, like it's sisters, like, right. and they're there and they get my jokes because, because they're coming from the it. same place. You yeah. know, like I had somebody on my Instagram be like, well, if, for those of us in the real world and it's like, oh, you have no idea how real my world is. Uh -huh. Like I'm not in some mansion in the hills, you know, like that's what people was telling me that. But when I, people was like, yo, when you said to Kanye that like uh, that like we have to go through these things every day, that ain't you, nigga. The fuck? We are. He was like, that ain't you. You ain't one of us. You on TV? I'm like, dog. That's called having a job that's with a, a camera. Job. Yeah. <laughs> it's a job. Like, that's a, like, it's a job. It was you know? crazy. Yeah. It's a job. So I really, I my homegirl and I were literally talking about this earlier today, and it's just like. There has to be brothers who help brothers. Right. Like, and I really do feel like women are looking for that. Like, women are looking for brothers to, like, be able to help themselves. And that is the sexiest shit out. Like, because when mm. I know that you are looking out and, like, making a solid space for you, then I'm like, oh, I'll sign up. Right. Right. Cause, cause like, I've had brothers literally, I have, my longest relationship started and the first thing he had said to me was like, you're going to be my therapist. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and then I was <laughs> and that was not <laughs> and I couldn't even be mad because it's like the nigga told me right. you know like I thought he was terrible. joking though um, but I really like I really and like DeAndre Whitfield from Queen Sugar you know mm -hmm. who, yeah. who played Robert on uh, Cosby Show like he does like young men's workshops like this and there's a number of, of brothers who do but there aren't enough in the mainstream that I feel like brothers connect to like I feel like someone like you like you really you did something that I did when I confronted Caitlyn Jenner. Ironically, both same family. Yep, yep. But you mm -hmm. cut through a lot of bullshit by just being yourself. Like people were were like, I don't know about this Van character, and I was like, I mean, Van the real one. Like mm -hmm. I've seen Van, like you know, in a waterfall, just like, <laughs> by himself. You know, and like I remember me in the boot being like, look at this weirdo nigga. <laughs> but in that moment, I was like. He really is a real one, though, mm -hmm. like because he is completely unabashedly himself in front of all of us right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, Charlemagne walked over and was like, that is a weirdo nigga, you know, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like, but it's like, but when you like what happened when I did when when the Caitlyn Jenner situation happened was like people got an opportunity to like see me at my full self in a place where most people wouldn't be their full self. Right. And I think that let a lot of people understand like oh she's a she's a real one like mm -hmm. we may not like everything she say but she's coming from a real place so let me listen differently mm -hmm. and i think that you did that and you said uh, what a lot of people wanted to say and you mm -hmm. said it in a in a manner that didn't cancel itself out by being like you know extra angry or mm -hmm. cursing and, and it's not to say that that would have made it invalid but mm -hmm. people would have used that to yeah. make it invalid so i feel like people like yourself you know you 
you you position yourself in a way that people will listen to what you have to say more. And it's like brothers, brothers need each other. And we live in a society that has not allowed that to happen, Mm. you know, and that hasn't really encouraged that. Competition. Competition. Like like competition is a... Competition is something, even amongst my closest friends, like the dude I was just telling you about, really, (laughs) he doesn't want to cede any power to me. No. Even though he called me at his (laughs) scariest moment in life. Kenley, you had that play, boy. Yeah, in in his scariest (laughs) moment in life, he doesn't want to cede any power to me. And, like, it's because, you know, niggas joke and we drive. And it's always the competition sometimes. I feel like... There's that's, got, oh, that, that's the old way of thinking. I'm going to be honest with you. It's not just the old way of thinking. It's a Willie Lynch syndrome way of thinking. Sure. I mean, I'm not even referencing, like, of course, we've had tribal wars, et cetera, mm-hmm. on the continent. But in America, like, we were pit against each other. Purposefully. Purposefully. Like, yeah. literally, like, fight Negroes, fight niggers, right. you know? So, like, it's it's a different fight over here. And the reality is, is that, like, we at some point have to really, 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 really take into the understanding of like, if we are competing against each other, we are only fighting ourselves. Right. You know, like it killed me in Black Panther when they were fighting each other. Mm-hmm. I was like, this, stop it. These white people are watching. Stop. stop. I was so mad. But in that context, it's it's different because it's like yeah, but we on our land and we're in our this country. Is our, there, there, and this there's is no our, there's no high, there's group, no oppressor. Right, to, it's to, us. Right, this is these are our things. And yeah. so that's different. But when you're letting you know oppression drive you to that and then keeping that going, it's like there's the only way that we really can advance is by union. And like when you see Jewish communities, like they may have inner. They believe in themselves and their history. I was I never forget it. Never forget it. Somebody I work with, that I still work with, not a religious person. Well, my first year at TMZ, see this person's going to uh, worship on one of the high holidays, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, yo, you told me a couple of weeks ago that you don't believe in God. Like, why are you going to the temple? He said, the temple is way bigger than me. He said, all of this stuff is way bigger than me. He said, I'm doing this for people that lived three, 4,000 years ago. And obviously, that's, a, that's, a, that's history that we aren't able to access for a lot of things that happened, you know, because of the way we were brought over here and things like that. But at the same time, there's an understanding that the union, the things that unite them are bigger than the things that separate them. And I truly believe that. And that's why I created Smart, Funny, and Black. Mm. I truly believe that. I believe that the things that unite the black experience specifically in America, and if you want to add the diaspora, there is there is an element of that, but specifically in America, I truly believe that the things that unite us are greater than the things that break us apart. And I went to Togo and Ghana last year. If you guys don't know what Smart, Funny, and Black is, it is an amazing game show that you do once a month. Yes, it is. I feel like it's more than a game show. It's like I'm trying to find a better way to describe it than really game more show. Than that because when I went there, I got a game show, I got a comedy show, I got, you got church. church. <laughs> I, <was about> I got church. When does we, this air? We uh, it'll be on Tuesday. Okay, so, so the next one is on the fifth, and the who's fifth. gonna be on it? I am going to be on Smart, Funny, and Black. Yay! By the way. Every time I start to think that I'm handsome, God does something to let me know that I'm really not that handsome. So I was, <laughs> I've been thinking that I was handsome this entire time. I'd be like, shit, nigga, you look good on TV. And then she put me up on Smart Funny Black against a male model. 
This like this, this dude is. I'm, I'm looking like Kendrick like, Sam. Kendrick Sam. I'm looking at this with my God. This nigga cute. I'm like, I'm like I'm he's like, an activist and an actor. Yeah, yeah. I've seen. Uh, I know. Well, I'm like, oh man. I thought I was gonna get up there. You could put me up with next to Flavor Flavor. Somebody let me shine. Um, Kendrick is a bad one. Actually. Yeah, you a bad one, Kate. Um, but yeah. So. Um, but that's smart, why I black, created yeah. that. I created Smart Funny and Black because all day, every day, we're just seeing deleterious images of black folks. And it it is not something to be taken lightly. Mm-hmm. I start my day with DMs full of videos of this person being manhandled by the cops or this white lady calling the cops on this person or mm-hmm. this this black woman, you know, being uh, arrested or being, you know, charged with five years in prison for voting, et cetera. You know, like it, it chips away at you. It chips away at you. And we don't have a lot of stuff to bring it back up. We don't have safe spaces. We don't have a lot of content per se that's like put in front of us in an easily palatable way. And so... You know, I created Smart, Funny, and Black because I wanted to have a space where black folks can come and celebrate our culture, learn about our culture, sure. you know, and uh, and find humor. And humor celebrate is- that we don't have to be, all be different because when you go there, there are different parts of blackness that you can access. Mm-hmm. And even in those things, you think, oh, man, it's like it's dope. We don't all have to be the they same. We're not a monolith. Way. Yeah. So there's, you know, so there's. There's that, but then there's also like the educational wing of it is like we're going to be having like free master classes mm-hmm. that are, you know, for performance and for uh, just different aspects of being involved in the comedic space, et cetera. And I have very big plans with Smart, Funny and Black, and I realized that um, I was selling it. I had sold it to True TV and I got it back. Oh, really? Yeah. And you, know, I, you had an option on it? I, I mean, I no, we sold it and I got it back. And oh, wow. then uh, we had an offer from another big moneymaker mm-hmm. and I took it back because I realized that in order for it to do what it needed to do it cannot be hindered uh, by um, a corporate dollar that doesn't have its best interests at heart you gotta get it on TV though nah you sure? Not right now. Me and Charlemagne were talking about this, man. After I left there, I you called tell me a place where I can put it. Tell me a place where I can put it where they're not going to tell me uh, where are the white people because I ain't found that place yet. Maybe streaming, man. That's different. That's not TV. Well, it comes on your TV. You know my point. <laughs> when people say put it on TV, they mean sell oh, it to a network. Okay, look, listen, listen. I'm That's the, what they mean. Listen. I am like, no, I want to Tyler Perry my shit. Hey, listen, I'm not about wanna, to talk to you, but I'm just saying. I left. I, I I sent you a text. You remember the text I sent you after we we I came from Starfleet Black. I told Charlamagne, I'm like, yo, <laughs> this chick is a fucking star. Oh. Like like this like that was sensational. <laughs> I mean, like for real. We was in that singer Solange, man. I love it. I it's love just it. it's it it's like a restorative place too it's like right. when you leave there you're like oh man I'm, I'm, right. I'm so happy i was born into this thing like I'm and, I, and so, I tell people like you can come to smart funny and black even if you ain't black right. like you can come like i mean that's a real we're all here in this planet together you can come just know your place mm-hmm. you know what i mean like this is we're not here to protect you know white guilt or protect white tears or whatever like really you're here because you celebrate you're like understanding that we're in celebration like i'm not you know um expecting folks to understand every element but mm-hmm. there's joy in that like right. oh this is something i didn't know about right. let me put me on and so like that's why the next phase is to take this you know to the folks mm. are you annoyed by white people i'm annoyed by well let me be specific i will say there's only two kinds of white people mm-hmm. there's white people and there's people who happen to be white okay people who happen to be white do not consider whiteness to be a part of their dopeness 
They understand privilege, but they also understand that they need to be more attached to ethnicity Mm -hmm. than actually whiteness. People who are white consider whiteness to be a part of their dopeness. And they don't understand that whiteness is not a culture. Whiteness is a construct created to oppress. Right. So do I am I annoyed by white people? Yes. Mm -hmm. Am I annoyed by people who happen to be white? No. We had Josh Denny on the podcast this past week. Did you hear? Oh, that douche. (laughs) (laughs) And as a comic, it's always like... Like, because comics, for the most part, like, we are uh, mm-hmm. an order yeah. that is rooted in common sense. Right. For the most part. Like, you you got to be pretty smart to be a comic. To, it's like, to be a successful comic, like, it's, true. it's just what it is. Like, because you're processing information that you have to turn over in your head and your voice and put out to make people laugh. So when I see people like that, I'm like, mm-hmm. bro, mm-hmm. really? I have a question. Is the era of black patience over? Yes, I, I hope so. I think it's been fucking dead. And Jason over here is white, and I try to be impatient with him every day. I try to tell, I try to tell, I try to like. I, I think that I think that there's a lot of people right now that are asking for patience. They're asking for more, and I feel like I'm done. I'm yeah. I'm and there's a lot it. of black people asking for it. I remember when Lady Gaga put out a tweet like, "People who." <laughs> <laughs> You know, who are non-white. I'm paraphrasing. But basically, like, black people, like, what what can those of us who aren't racist do Mm -hmm. to change the world? And I was like, are you serious? (laughs) Like, it just seemed, like, honestly, like, very inconsiderate to think that I need to stop what I'm doing in my challenging the revolution. Here you go, Lady Gaga. Like, I have an Ikea manual (laughs) to slide her way with, like, a diagrams on Mm -hmm. what to do. You know, and I... And and I said that I was like, it is no, it is no black person's uh, obligation right. to teach you. Now, what I want anyone who's listening to this podcast or watching this podcast to understand is like, you may not like what I say. Listen to it again, because I am a linguist. I don't mince my words. Like mm-hmm. I'm very, very clear. Sure. So when I say certain words, it's for a reason. When I say it is no black person's obligation. To teach white people on how to change racism. The words that are being said are, it is not our obligation. I'm not saying if you want to, you can do it. Right. Go ahead. Right. It's your choice. Sure. It's just not your obligation. You don't have to. You don't have to. Because there's a lot of energy to be put other places, and we got to do that first. And to think that we (laughs) are supposed to really be like... um adding on to all of that like and we also got to help white people fix the shit that they created chill no we also got to help white people fix the shit that they benefit from because i know some of y'all were like well i didn't create it right but you benefit from it right you know what i'm saying and that and then the real 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 is that we can't even get in the spaces that we that, need to, to we, really be effective we there. can't we can't even we don't yeah so the what we need to do fix get your whole, people yeah fix i want a line of shirts just for white people to say, get your people. Get your people. Get <laughs> your people. Now, I have, we, I have to come to a, a, another triggering part of the discussion. Oy. Fuck boys. Tell me about them. Tell me about fuck boys. I mean, there's fuck boys, and I call them trife gals. I mean, they both come from... <laughs> <laughs> there's fuck boys and trife gals, and they both just come from a space of selfishness. Mm. And that space of selfishness is coming from a place of fear. Right. You're afraid to know yourself. Mm-hmm. So you just do whatever the fuck you want to distract you 
from right. having to actually face the fact that you ain't got shit to offer nobody. Wow. Wow. She says it and she kills you with that. Look at her. Look at her address the camera right there. <laughs> Can you, do you recognize them when you see them? Or because a lot of women seem to have problems. A lot of women and men seem to have problems identifying the fuck boys and the trife gals when they see them. Because and when it's, it's so too pervasive. deep in, when it's too deep in, yeah. now they've already been fucked or trifed. I think it's just so, it's so pervasive. And I think at the end of the day, like folks really do want affection and attention. Mm-hmm. And the phone has made what that is like so different. So like once upon a time before these phones, like it was very clear to know if someone was genuinely interested like, it was a lot easier to prove that because right. you had to exert effort. Right. You have to, like, call me. Right. And if I don't answer, you have to, like, call, call me back. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then, like, in order, literally in order to Or communicate- you had to know, I tell, I tell my little brother this. If I called somebody and I didn't get them at home, I had to then also know their work number. So I had to know that she's working at Spencer's Gifts. <laughs> like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, yeah, five seven nine. So I didn't have to know. Now we don't know one number on somebody. One. But I used to have to know two, sometimes three numbers if you wanted. Because if not, I could get you at your homegirl house or your yep. grandma house. Because these are all places we have conversations. So now it's very, very, very difficult to know like how much someone is really invested because they don't if they lose their phone they lose you and it's like it don't take nothing to text somebody right do it when you're bored just to look at your screen <laughs> you can literally be jacking your dick and texting somebody at the oh, same time see <laughs> so i mean this right. is like this is a fact so i think that's also like mess with people's trust mm-hmm. you know because then we have all these like secret alcoves online where you can hide shit and you know whatever so i think that when it when it boils down to it it's like i call it um <laughs> i call it tech security like not two words one word it's like insecurity tech security like you have to have a certain level of security in the in in the fact that you live in the tech world now so like folks be like looking through phones wanting to have passwords shit like you have to have a certain level of tech security to be like i don't I don't need to know. Right. You know, it's fine. Oh, you liked her photo? That's fine. Does shit like that bother you? Mm, it depends. The pervasiveness of it. Like, how constant. Like, it doesn't bother me that dudes bother that dudes follow chicks with fat asses. Like, mm-hmm. I'm like, great. Do that. Because right. I only I have a proportional booty. Right. So, whatever you need to do. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, it's fine. Like, I've been told that my booty is pliable and that's like a really great asset, but what do I know? <laughs> so I feel like, you know, there's there's just a lot of ways in which people feel like they don't know what things are. Like, we have emo- you get emojis, you be like, what does this mean? So that's why I really be trying to encourage, like, folks on on my Instagram to, like, create standards for yourself of, like, what makes sense. Like, I know for me, like, we're not going to do this digital shit for too long. All right. You know, like, there's someone who, like, we're super cool. Like, we've, like, connected digitally since Thanksgiving. Right. It is, Ju- it is June next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this person has not made it their business to meet me in person. It's right. like, we're cool. Right. But, like, mm. even on a homie level, I'm like. We got to, at some point. If we're not going to interact energy. in a real way. Yeah. Stop it. Right. <laughs> like, because yeah. I feel like the real energy thing, the human thing is real. And I think, so to your point. I think that a lot of people don't realize it because they're not getting a lot of human interaction. Mm. You know, like you, when you have a real human interaction, you can feel real in a di- realness in a yeah. different and fakeness right. in a different way right. than on your phone. And like when people can kind of string you along on the phone, 
you kind of can hang on a little longer and then mm-hmm. you're like oh wait and then you and then by the time you get to the human interaction you're already like i like them and you know they got a big old dick whatever <laughs> you know i mean i've had to turn down i mean i i've grown yeah i've grown what does that mean because i turned down a big old dick i turned it down you turned it down how did you know you turned it down at what point did you turn it down I mean, I had seen it. Right. Like a 27 in Zenith. <laughs> and you turned it down. Mm-hmm. It was hard. I can tell that you, it's still bothering it you. Is. You're accessing the emotions coming out right now. It is bothering me. Are you having second thoughts? No. You're not? No. Why'd not. you turn it down? Because you knew he was a fuckboy? Mm hmm. Hmm. So like, so, like, this is interesting because this type of self control is the self control that all must learn, right? Because sometimes there is a beautiful woman in front of you or whoever, and you know that it's not the right thing for you, but it's very difficult for a lot of guys to prioritize how good someone is going to be in their life with, over, shall I say, how good they actually look. Everybody want to feel good. And that's just not paramount. Mm. Everyone wants to feel good, like, right now. You know, and it's like sometimes, like, you have to forego feeling good right now for feeling great later hmm. i was gonna play a game with you where i was gonna ask you what's the game it was like a, a list of celebrities and you had to tell me who the fuck boy is and who's not oh probably all of them <laughs> <laughs> go ahead you want to play mm-hmm. all right i'm not gonna do anybody one day i'm gonna write a book called your favorite rapper is a lame that's a fucking fantastic book your favorite rapper is a lame because you know <laughs> before we get to the game what did you think when Kanye put out the? I have to ask you about this. The doopa dap boopa dippy. No, no, forget about that. When Kanye, when, 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 when Kanye put out, Kanye West tweeted a list of people uh. that he had searched. And the only reason why I didn't bring this up earlier is because sometimes when people hear me talk about the Kanye, they go, "Oh, he talk about Kanye again." But I have to ask Amanda about this. Kanye put out a list of people that he searched, and I guess he was searching these people to show. That um, he's seeking knowledge. He's seeking knowledge. That he is wide open to all different perspectives, and it's not just Candace Owen. Your name was on that list, along with the homegirl Angela Rye, Tommy Lahren for some reason, mm-hmm. uh, Tamika Mallory, Linda Tamika Sarsour. Mallory. Uh, all of those unbelievably uh, gifted and um, and important women. Your name was on that list as well. What did that make you? What made? How did that make you feel? I mean, it made me feel great that, you know, I was in great company, except for, you know, Tommy Lowrent. But <laughs> um, but I think it was more so, it was just comical to me. You know, I mean, I, I've interviewed Kanye several times. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> she sent me, I hope she was going to say it. She was like, I, 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 I texted her up to ask her about it. And then she was like, yo, I've known this nigga since 2001. Like, and then she sent me a picture of her and Kanye West. Like, and I was like, I was like, what is going on with Jay? Like, she, My mom was like, you know, he has said that he's on psych meds and sometimes they can take your short term or your long term memory. So she was like, you know, I'm not really sure. But like Kanye, if you look at my if you look at my uh, my first appearance on Death Poetry Jam in 2001, this man is in the front row. Right. <laughs> Literally like you show me that picture, too watching me do I wanted to write some hot shit you know right. what I'm saying so and I've interviewed him like I know John Legend like I mean I mean, it's, it's the picture is I think you it's me John Legend and 88 Keys and Kanye, Kanye West <laughs> so 
wow. but I more importantly, I think, you know, he's very performative. So I think it was less about like who he knows and right. who he wanted people to know that he knows. Right. And um for all intents and purposes, I hope that he has done more research. Maybe he is following me now. Yeah. Um but I I know that I exist in the world in a very specific way. And that's it doesn't waver. Like folks saw my graduation gown from my 2005 graduation because I posted it since it's grad season. And they were like, you've been a real one. Because on the back of my gown was a black fist right. that said Masters in Revolution. And they're like, yo, you ain't just show up to this. And it's like, right. no, some people have. Some people have. Some people have just come. They've just come. And I'm curious about how they got here. Because sometimes I'm also like, why are you here? I know who you're talking about. I know. <laughs> but we'll talk offline. Yeah, yeah, no. We're um, not going to bring it up here. But I know I, I know it's, it's, it's frustrating. And if you followed them for long enough, <laughs> you are like, <laughs> And I do think that in our black community. Is like, it okay if they just come there? Is it okay to come I, late to the party? It's okay to come late to the party. I just want to know how you got here. I just want to know because not all skin folk is kin folk. You know who you know what gets them there some, sometimes? Failure. Sometimes when the group that you were trying yes, to get next yes. to and sp- kicks you out. And some of that to me is also like I, that's not enough of a reason. You know, like I need to I need you to stick around a little longer. Like you can't just show up because you didn't get love from over here and then be like, oh, we're, we're awesome now. Like mm, mm. I need you to, to be at the. Like for basically, it's like you don't get to come to the front of the line and get the plate. You need to serve some food first. Sure. So the game, list of people I'm, I'm I'll have. I want to know whether or not you can read fuckboy on these people. I'm not gonna ask anybody within our circle. I'm just gonna ask people that you know, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio. I mean, from the outside looking in, he's like a lifelong fuckboy, right? <laughs> I mean, it's not even like a even like like a not even a sinister type fuckboy. Just no, just like I'm. I always say that like wherever people got their money at is kind of like where they arrest at. Mm. You know what I mean? Like Leo's been Leo for ever. Like he just hasn't had to. Right. He's never had to not be that. <laughs> right. And this, that's an anomaly. You right. You know what I mean? I mean, Leo is Leo. Still, but he's like still the fuck boy you love to love. I, I get it. I get yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, Bill Clinton. Hell yeah. Yes to Bill Clinton. Okay, cool. Um, he put his whole shit in jeopardy for some pussy. What whole shit? His white, his marriage, his presidency. Oh, the presidency, yes, he did put it in jeopardy for I I, I don't know. Sometimes I think that guys make his daughters like like you like your daughter then has to like deal with that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah. it's just selfish. Right. Fuckboyness is all about selfishness and narcissism. Future. <laughs> <laughs> That's Sierra. Uh all right, these, I feel like these are easy. I feel like I didn't give you any hard ones. What about uh, Safari? You know what? To be honest, those I know who have dated him said that he's not, not a, a fuckboy. Fuck They've said that he's actually he's a like good a good dude. dude. I think that like I think that like he is one of the dudes that because he's taken a couple of public L's. Yeah. The people, but he's actually a nice guy. They say that he's like a loyal cat. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, his public L's are more about. I think just like the type of duty is with other dudes, you mm-hmm. know. But I mean, in terms of like his relationship, the way he deals with women, apparently, he's not a fuckboy. Mm-hmm. You got a big eye on that. <laughs> That's why you kind of keep your options open with Safari. Would you date Safari? No, I don't think so. Why? Because he's a rapper. You don't date rappers. No more. Mm-mm. You've dated rappers. Yeah. Which ones? We're not doing that. Of course not. But I just wanted to see if I could catch you slipping. <laughs> like, like, this is what you. But do. I've dated rappers who can really rap. Yeah, you and have. that's important. I know these niggas, and they can really rap. 
<laughs> like, I know these niggas. So listen, um, when Amanda says something, she means it. Fifty Cent, fuck boy or not? He's he's just a cancer. He's like really. Oh, he's such a cancer. We're just very sensitive, and male cancers are like, I'm tortured. What's the worst sign to be? I think it depends on what sign you are. Like so, for me, Aquarius, I want no parts of you. Male Aquariusness, I don't want nothing to do with you. I'm an Aries. What, what, like, what am I? We're cool. We're everybody's you're, cool. You're you're stubborn, but you know that. I'm very stubborn. <laughs> Listen, 50, here's the deal. Fifty, fifty, fifty cent fuck boy or not? I don't know. I I really. I mean, don't hit you because ooh, I'm trying to remember some fifty verses. <laughs> <laughs> don't think I won't hit you because you're popular. Yeah. I got a 490 rule, got a pop at ya. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 03 was a year, boy. 03. Oh, There's <laughs> never been a rapper hotter than 50 Cent in 03. Summer all too? Summer all too? Everything. I was buying was Cutmaster C mixtapes. <laughs> I was on Fulton in Brooklyn. Yo, yeah, people forget because the youngsters don't understand. They think they rappers is hot now, man. 50 was yeah, blazing. 50 was the we last. We were so excited. He, to me, he was the last, like, it was word on the streets. Like, like yo, I you heard being, this guy, 50 Cent? Ooh, like, coming out the, mm-hmm. the, the car and mm-hmm. shit. That beat was everywhere, too. Everybody rocked that beat when In The Club came out. Because even, it, it, that was actually later. Like, he had been kind of, yeah, that, he was doing this In The Club thing. was later. That was later. Summer 02. Y'all need to understand. And then you was in New York, right? Yes. So then it was really it was on It was so real. Down. Summer 02. I distinctly remember being like, I have to know all of these raps. <laughs> and I remember Christmas, that Christmas is when In The Club came out. I came home. I came I came home to Orlando and then I went back to school. And when I got back to school, my homegirl, Audie, Audie, what up? Audie <laughs> picked me up at JFK and she just kicked the passenger door open mm-hmm. and it was boom. Bump, go here. And I was like, oh my Yo. God, what? These are my suitcases. Oh my God, what is that? I literally heard four seconds of it. Four seconds and it was of over. it. Curtains. And that was it. It was curtains. That was it. It was curtains. It was a whole Dre's illest beat moment. ever. Dre's illest beat ever. Last one. And you can get to make the final. Me and my brother argued about this one. Drake? No. Ooh. Absolutely. Who? Wait. No, I wasn't even going to ask about Drake. Is Drake a fuckboy? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Why absolutely with Drake? He seems like a nice guy. He got you too. Uh, listen, how could Drake not... First, Drake See just made a... Seems? Wait, 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 wait. Drake just made a song for you guys. For you ladies. Nice for what? So fuckboy tactic. Is it? How is that a fuckboy tactic? It's pandering. I know. It's pandering. But with a good <laughs> it's no, 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 listen, there's pandering. no wrong reason. There's no wrong reason to be to do right, right. Right. I always say that. There's no wrong reason to do right. But I've always felt like Drake was a fuckboy because he is always in songs like like basically like telling women like you owe me for looking out for you. Like you owe me for doing it. Remember when I remember when I took you to get your LSAT? <laughs> remember when I picked you up from the airport? Remember when you were running out of Tide and I had Tide and I was able to wash your clothes? <laughs> like, like it's always like, remember this Yo. thing I did for you that was supposed to be out of the kindness of my heart, but now I'm holding it over your head because you don't like me no more. Mm. Remember? Mm. And it's all it always feels like, oh, so I was supposed to like 
put up with your bullshit because you were nice sometimes or yeah. I was supposed to let you smash because you were nice sometimes mm -hmm. or like I was supposed to like pat you on the back about your raps that were probably shit at the time because you were nice. Now they're you not. You have some opinions about Drake. It's not about because he's representative of a lot of dudes. Right. This is he, that's why people love Drake because they connect to him because they relate because mm -hmm. they're like I know this nigga. Yeah. There's a relatability there. Yeah I would always be a, I will always be a Drake fan because I am a Drake fan of his music. Right. Absolutely. But I'm just no 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 I get it. Uh, I've heard this sentiment from more than <laughs> I, I, I mean, I mean I, I, you're not the first lady to have this sentiment. I've heard this sentiment from more than one lady. Um, but when he made Marvel's Room, I knew that I would be a fan forever. I tell you, so when, when he made Marvel's Room, because you niggas is listening to this podcast and y'all are not going to pretend like y'all have never picked up that phone and called or texted when you weren't supposed to. Cats is simps. And I wish more cats would admit to being simp life. Everybody has simped. You have all simped. We have all simped. It's a necessary part of things. Things cannot go forward unless you be a simp, though. That's you, the thing. You have a lot to, of niggas win when they show the simp. And then we're like, oh, you have feelings now. Yeah. And so, some guys simp in violent ways. They get they let their emotions take them to a place where that they can't control. Did it. Yeah, someone simped at an airport. I was so happy that it wasn't L.A. because y'all would have caught it. Are you? What do you mean? What happened? Like He just showed up at an airport. I had a dude that I was talking to show up at an airport acting a guy damn fool and it was really just you just his couldn't control his emotions but sometimes men's emotions can be dangerous for women majority of the time <laughs> right. men's emotions that's literally been like the whole world right men's so, emotions oh like when a man kills a woman because she doesn't like him that's emotions right you know and, like, and when Drake actually confronted him I felt like less of a simp. Y'all, we're not going to take up all Amanda Seals' time today. I do want her to talk about Small Doses before we leave, though, because that is her podcast. That is my podcast. Uh -huh. Small Doses is my podcast. I call it Self-Help from the Hip. Mm -hmm. um, every week we pick a theme. So we've had like side effects of fuckboys, side effects of insecurity. Side effects of Drake. Side effects of uh, being from the West Indies. Side effects of being a black woman. Side effects of being a black woman in Hollywood like we have different side effects every week and we have a guest on and I break it down in different segments and you're going to do the show sure of course you know and um, you can listen to it anywhere where podcasts are listened to before we do that we're going to do Smart Funny and Black though that's yeah I got to come to that what's the date on that June 5th June 5th Smart Funny and Black right uh, here in LA at the Roxy tickets on sale at smartfunnyandblack.com and they got food too the last time mm -hmm. I went there, I didn't realize that they had food, but they got yeah. food. So, you know, it's like they have a lot of fried chicken there. So if y'all want to come, yes. we get in touch. Amanda, you Man. are such an impressive talent. I am so happy that you made it here. Amanda made us wait for this podcast. <laughs> she was one of the first people. And she was like, it depends on what time, nigga. I'm busy. And that's not. I was filming season three of Insecure. Oh, excuse me. See how she's stunning on me again? And I'm she's writing my book. Oh, stunt number two. Stunned number two. She's stunned when she pulled up here in that Mercedes Benz, a one of one. Tell people about the Benz real I quick. I don't. I don't see. <laughs> I don't. All right, white people, give it up for Amanda Seals, man. <laughs>